wisdom, healing, peace, our finances. We found out during this teaching that all of our needs are met through the covenant. It's very important that the child of God understand that. And we've uh, really went through a lot of uh, scriptures concerning this. The Bible says, and they always come back to my mind, I think it's the book of Hosea, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge, because of what we don't know about the covenant. We, um, we go without a lot of times. We don't experience God's best because we don't understand that this covenant is living and it is uh, relevant to our lives right now. Uh, it's not just going to heaven. Thank God for eternal life. Amen. But you can walk in victory now because of the covenant that we have through Jesus Christ. And so um, uh, these are the type of things that God wants his church going forward to experience victory in every area of our lives. But we'll, we'll do it through the knowledge of God, through the covenant. Amen. So tonight I want to begin in the book of Galatians chapter 1. And uh, I don't know how long we're going to go uh, tonight. Uh, I'm going to be try to be led by the Holy Spirit. But uh, Galatians chapter 1, verse 11, where is where I want to begin. Paul writes this. And Paul understood covenant. He understood the covenant of Jesus Christ more, I think, than any of the other apostles did because Paul walked with Jesus spiritually all the way. The other apostles, they had a, a relationship with Jesus in, in, in the earth, but Paul is just like us. He, uh, he didn't walk with Jesus in the natural. He walked with Jesus in the spirit. And the things that God showed him concerning the covenant and the victory of it, uh, the, and his access to it, he's speaking to us the same way. So he says here in verse 11, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. In other words, he didn't get it from man. He got it straight from the Spirit of God. And so same thing holds true with us. We got the, this covenant before us, that book that, you have, that you're holding or... You know, whenever you study the Word of God, it is the covenant of God. And God is God speaking to you His perfect will for your life in every area of your life. So it doesn't matter what you're going through tonight. It doesn't matter if sickness is trying to attack your body. It doesn't matter if the devil's trying to come into your family. There's, we have a covenant with God that He'll give us victory. Amen? Uh, he says, uh, I didn't get it after man. Verse 12 says, For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by revelation of Jesus Christ. So everything that he understood about covenant relationship, he got it straight from the Holy Spirit. It says here in verse 13, For you have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion. Of course, Paul was a Pharisee. We know that. He was an upstanding citizen in the Jewish community. But he says here, How that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and I wasted it. He was an, an enemy of the church at that time. Verse 14, And I profited in the Jews' religion above many of my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my father. He, they had access to the old covenant, but they didn't really understand it because had they understood it, they would not have uh, persecu been persecuting the church the way they were. 
It says here in verse 15, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. The reason God called him by his grace, it says here in verse 16, was to reveal his son in me that I may preach him, that I may preach Jesus among the heathen, and immediately I, I conferred not with flesh and blood. So Paul preached blood covenant relationship through Jesus Christ, that they would accept Jesus as their Savior and as their great high priest. He got that revelation that Jesus was actually the great high priest that they had been talking about, that they had been looking for. Paul preached a living covenant, that was mediated by a living Savior, God, who is Jesus Christ. He preached that. He preached, uh, matter of fact, he wrote three-fourths of the New Testament. And in, that write, in those writings, he uh, gave revelation concerning the will of God in terms of covenant relationship. That is what we have access to right now. We have access to this covenant through Jesus Christ. Now, Galatians 2 and uh, 2, I don't have that in my notes, but I want to go there. Galatians 2 and 2, and I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel, which I preach among the Gentiles, but but privately to them that were of reputation, least by any means I should run or had run in vain. That gospel is the connection between Jesus and the cross, the resurrection, and the ascension. Paul got that revelation. He understood the connection of Jesus Christ, his life, the cross, Jesus' resurrection, and his ascension. He understood that when Jesus was raised from the dead, his ministry did not end there. But it continues and does continue today at the right hand of God. And that's what he wants us to understand in terms of covenant relationship. We serve a living Savior who represents us at the right hand of God. I mean, if you haven't gotten anything else out of these teachings, you need to get that. That when you go to God in faith, you got Jesus Christ interceding and praying for you that the covenant blessings of Abraham would be made manifest in your life in its fullness. That's the will of God for each and every one of us, the fullness of this covenant. And so I don't ever weary of teaching along these lines because this has what is what has brought me out of so many tests and trials, so many fires, so many uh, difficulties, so many pits. I've had to stand on this. So I, when I'm preaching to you, I'm telling you I've had to live for myself for 30 years. And I thank God for his grace and his mercy. If he'll do it for me. He'll do it for anybody. Amen. So I just want you to know that um, I have passion about these things because this is my life. This is the word of God. This is the covenant. And I believe in it. I trust in it. And God wants us all to trust in it. Amen. He wants us to believe in it. Now, Hebrews chapter 8. And we went over this last week, but uh, again, we're wrapping this series up. So I, I want to touch on some key points as we in uh, this. He says here in Hebrews 8 and 6, But now had he obtained a more excellent ministry, talking about Jesus, 
by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. And one of the key points that we've learned through this teaching is that the old covenant, though great and though powerful, and though the Jews experienced supernatural help through it, it is inferior to the new covenant. Because the new covenant that we are under through Jesus Christ is established on better promises than the old covenant. They didn't have the Holy Spirit the way we have the Holy Spirit. We, they were not indwelled with the Holy Spirit like we are. So that in itself causes this covenant to be better. So let's go to verse nine, chapter, chapter 9, verse 11. But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come. Again, the writer expounded on how Jesus is our high priest. He's the high priest that is in these days. He's our high priest right now. But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not this building. In other words, the tabernacle that Jesus lives in and the tabernacle that he uh, is in charge of is the heavenly tabernacle, okay, in heaven. That's where he is seated at the right hand of God, and he represents you and I there through this covenant. Look at verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. Let's see that tonight. Let's, let's see that tonight. And during the teachings, I really tried to focus on the spiritual perspectives and where Jesus is and the, the reality of the blood of Jesus. It's a, it's a living substance. God sees it. God honors it. He wants you to see it. He wants you to see the blood of the, the sinless Son of God just like he sees it. And he wants you to recognize that it is completely and forever set you free. Okay? He wants you to get that revelation. He wants us to realize that this covenant is real and it's powerful and it's able to deliver you anytime you need it. And how many of y'all know in this world we're going to need it? Amen? the trouble that we uh, experience, the difficulties that we experience, we can always trust in this word, trust in the covenant. But we have to know what's in it in order to be able to uh, experience it. That's why it's so very important to study it and to keep it before our eyes. He says, not by the uh, blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place. So that's where he is. That's his position. And the Bible says he did not enter into that holy place for himself, but the Bible says having obtained eternal redemption for us. Somebody touch yourself for me. For me. You, we have to make it personal. If it's, if it's not personal, if it's not, if it's not personal, it's not a reality to you. You have to understand that right now as you sit there as a blood covenant partner with Jesus Christ, you have access to everything that he has access to, okay? And that's how God wants you to see it. He wants you to understand that the blood of Jesus has given us eternal redemption forever. Um, 
I don't have this in my notes, but I want to go to Ephesians chapter 1. Then we're going to go back to uh, Hebrews. Ephesians chapter 1. You know, Ephesians kind of go hand in hand to me with the book of uh, Hebrews. Because it talks about the uh, present day uh, ministry of Christ and our part in that. And how we have access to that ministry. It says here in verse 6 of chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1. To the praise of the glory of his grace. And again, when you're, when you're studying the covenant, always remember that we don't qualify on our own. The, the mighty promises, because they are mighty promises, but we don't qualify on our own. We qualify because of the blood of Christ and because of God's favor, his unmerited favor. That's what grace is. So you don't ever disqualify yourself by, by looking at yourself from a natural perspective. You qualify yourself because of your faith in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? So it says here, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein... He, God, has made us accepted in the beloved. Now, again, that's covenant relationship that's saying that God loves us. And I said this last week, people kind of looked at me funny. But God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. It's kind of hard sometimes for us to understand and believe, but it's true. Okay? Our high, our, our high priest, Jesus Christ, prayed that in the book of uh, John chapter 17, that God would... Let us know that he loves us just as much as he loves Christ. And that's something that covenant brings. Covenant delivers us into that type of relationship with God. And it's eternal. I said it's eternal. Nobody can take that away from you. So the Bible says we're accepted in the beloved. You're not rejected. You're accepted in the beloved in Christ. Verse 7 in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So I'm accepted, I have redemption, and the covenant says so. Therefore, I believe it. Amen? So we'll go back to Hebrews chapter 9, line upon line, precept upon precept. This is how we're going to get this. Verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer or a cow sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, that was old covenant uh, acceptance. That's how they would uh, receive their cleansing in terms of all, everything that the old covenant could do. Because, again, it was not perfect. It was not a perfect covenant, but it was good for that time. So the blood of bulls and goats and the sprinkling of a cow caused them to receive sanctification for their flesh. But the Bible says here in verse 14, how much more? How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, Offered himself without spot to God. Just let that sink in. Offered himself without spot to God through the eternal spirit. Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. 
So that's where we are today. We are accepted. We're in covenant relationship with God because of Jesus Christ and because of the power of his blood covenant. Okay? And we don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to walk around looking like, feeling like we're second-class citizens. But we have been accepted by the Most High God forever. And I like to use that word forever. Because that, that, that means it's eternal and it'll never change as long as our faith is intact. Amen? And God wants us to keep our eyes on this word. You know, through the storms of life, through the, the tough times when things are not looking like things like you're going to make it, uh, when it doesn't look like the promises are manifesting, keep your eyes on the covenant anyway. Because it, it'll change things. It'll change things. Let's look at verse 24. For Christ, again, my perspective, I, I got to see, one of the blessings that, that the Holy Spirit does is he gives us light, man. He, he illuminates these things to us. And one of the things that God did for me, anyway, was a couple of years ago, he began to give me light, and I could actually see into the Holy of Holies. I could see it by way of the Word. I could see what was going on in the presence of God. I could see the living creatures. I could see the blood. I could see things that, had taken, that are taking place in heaven. And it gives me confidence when I see that this blood covenant is real and that I have access into the very presence of God on a moment-by-moment basis. And that's, that's what it's saying here in verse 24. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the truth, but in the heaven itself. Now, somebody say now. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. So he's there right now. Interceding right now. Operating as our great high priest right now at the right hand of God. That's why you can be sure that your prayers are answered. You can, you can be sure because of this covenant that your prayer, God hears your prayer. Every prayer that you pray, according to this covenant, he hears it. So you can have confidence in this covenant. You can have confidence that you're going to make it and you're going to come out on the other side of this with the victory. Somebody say amen to that. Let's look at uh, Hebrews chapter 10. I hear myself in the background over there. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. For the law having a shadow of good things to come. The old covenant, that's what that's talking about. The old covenant had a, it was a shadow and a type of everything that God wants us to experience in the new covenant. And like I say, everything that we read that Abraham walked in, that Isaac walked in, that King David walked in, all of those old covenant saints, everything that they experienced, it's supposed to be amplified in our lives because of this covenant that we have. I think that really and truly the church has really just scratched the surface. You know, we just haven't really seen much of it. There's so much more to see. There's so much more that we need to be, be believing God for. The, uh, 
when the church was established on the day of Pentecost, it came in power. But I'm here to tell you, that was just a small demonstration, I believe, of what God can do. I, I truly believe that. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also in greater works. Shall you do? I think this generation is God, God's preparing this generation for the greater works. Has we become more aware of this covenant and the power of it? Satan understands the power of this. He truly does. What he wants to do, though, he wants to bind us from the victory that, that's in this covenant, that's in this word of God. All the healing that you need, all the deliverance that you need, all the, uh, the things that you've been believing God for, they're placed within your grasp when you have faith in the word so the bible says for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect so the law or the old covenant couldn't make anybody perfect but the new covenant does you have been the bible says you have been perfected in christ jesus that's how powerful this covenant is Again, old covenant believers lived in the shadow of the promises, but we live or we're supposed to be living in the fullness of the covenant promises. Let's look at verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. So it was impossible for for the uh, blood of bulls and goats to take away sins, the Bible says. But verse 10, let's jump down there. By the which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So the Bible says we've been sanctified by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of this covenant, once and for all. Verse 11. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. That's what the old covenant priests did they would do all day long they would be offering sacrifices over and over and over and the bible says couldn't take away sins couldn't take away sins but the bible says here in verse 12 but this man talking about our great high priest talking about jesus christ talking about the one who shed his sinless blood this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever that's that word forever set down at the right hand of God. So again, uh, we, get, we got to see Jesus seated at the right hand of God. We got to view him there. We have to understand that he is not seated there for himself, but he's seated there to represent us in this blood covenant. And all the blessings that he receives at the right hand of God, you have access to. Somebody say amen to that. So the Bible says, read verse 12 again. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, that place of authority, that place of victory. Verse 13, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. That's talking about Satan and all the powers of darkness. One day, one day they're going to all be his footstool. Amen. Because they're still active today. The devil that's tormenting you, the devil that's trying to put sickness and disease upon you, he's still active today. But the covenant that we have 
through Jesus Christ, gives us victory over him when we understand these things. Okay? So it's important that we understand that when the Bible promises us that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, God means that. He absolutely means it. Because he absolutely will back his covenant up for those believers who believe in it. It's just, it's just not, you know, God saying these things just to be saying them. He backs his word up with power when we have faith in these words. Verse 14, and I love this verse 14. For by one offering he had perfected forever <laughs> them that are sanctified. Now you've got to call yourself sanctified. You've got, you got to get an agreement with what God says about it. He says you've been sanctified by the blood of Christ. You need to walk around thinking of yourself as sanctified because God says you are. You need to stop looking at yourself from the natural perspective, but you need to start looking at yourself from the perspective that the blood covenant positions you with. And that is sanctified by God, perfected in Christ forever. And see, what this does, it gives you boldness over the sin principle. When you understand who you are in Christ, again, like I said last week, you'll look at sin as being beneath you. Because you understand that you are literally spiritual royalty. Hallelujah. That's who you are. That's what the blood of Jesus has given to us. The Bible says we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. This, this, this is how God sees us through this covenant. And he wants us to see ourselves that way. It's, when we do that, we overcome the devil every single time. Every single time. But when we view ourselves from a, a natural perspective outside of this covenant, we'll lose every single time. So we have to keep our eyes focused on what the word says and what the covenant promises and how God views us because of the, the precious blood of his son. So I'm going to read verse 14 again. For by one offering he had perfected forever them that are sanctified. Verse 15. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. So that's the born-again experience. If you're born again, this is, how God, this is what God has done through the covenant. Now, you know, we, we, uh, you see a lot of people, so-called Christians, in the church living outside of the, the, the blessings of God. They're living immoral lives and really and truly for me and maybe i'm wrong about this i question their salvation to be honest with you if you can live like this just live an immoral life i question whether you've been born again I, I, that's just how i feel because if you if god has written these laws in our hearts and in our minds supernaturally there's no way that you can live that way and not have a guilty conscience about it Think about it. So, so I believe uh, the people that we see in the church that come to church and consistently just live this way, this type of lifestyle, I don't believe they're born again. I believe they just planted there by Satan. That's what I believe. I, get, I believe they can get born again, but until 
they really receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're going to live this way. But, but because of the covenant that we have with God, I believe that God has actually given us power over sin. Not that we're not going to fall from time to time, but we're going to repent and we're going to get right back, like, like Pastor Larry was preaching uh, a Sunday. So this covenant is strong, man, but we have to, we have to uh, depend on it and believe in it. And understand that uh, all the promises of, of God are in Christ are yes and amen. Every last one of them. But I got to keep my eyes on the covenant. Verse 17. And their sins and iniquities, this is God talking, their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. He puts them out of mind. Thank God for that. Verse 18. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Verse 19. This is right. This is one I love. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So the reality is, you and I, because of this blood covenant, we can enter into the presence of God. Matter of fact, we don't just have to enter in. We can live there in the presence of God. That's really what God expects. He wants us to live in his presence. He wants us to enter into his presence with boldness, with an understanding that we have a legal right to be there. And the only way that we won't experience the blessings of the covenant is if we don't exercise those rights by faith. How many of y'all know everything I'm talking about tonight is by faith? Without faith... We won't experience the power of the covenant. We won't experience the, 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 the fullness of it. i got to release faith for these things. Therefore, I have to renew my mind. That's the hard part, though, the renewing of the mind, the constant of meditating on these truths. So when you go to the doctor and he gives you a bad report, how are you going to respond at that moment? It'll depend on, on how much of this covenant you understand. If you don't really have a, a real understanding of the covenant, you'll agree with whatever the report says. But if you get an understanding of what the covenant promises, and remember, I think it was in the book of uh, Deuteronomy, God told Israel in the old covenant that I will take away all sickness away from you. Everything that is common to man where sickness and disease is concerned, he told them, you won't experience it. Because it, it can try to come on you, but it can't stay. That's the whole point. The yoke don't fit no more. And you have to realize that that covenant, the sickness and disease, that, 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 that covenant has promised us deliverance from it. I don't care what that disease is. And I, like I said, it, this, is, this is ground I really believe that God wants the church to experience in these last days. Freedom 100% of the time. And even if we don't get deliverance from sickness and disease, guess what? We still go to heaven. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we still go to heaven. But, but what God wants us to do is he wants us to experience this in its fullness. The, uh, the wealth that Israel walked in after they came out of Egypt, that's for you. That's for me. But we have to believe it. We have to uh, hold on to those promises like they were uh, real for us just as, as they were for Israel. Let's look at uh, verse 16. Well, no, verse uh, 18. 
No, uh, verse 19. I've been that already. Let's go. I'll tell you what. Let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. When I first got born again, the book of Ephesians, I stayed in that, that book. I, I read it over and over and over again. And some of the, the scriptures in Ephesians, really, I, I focus on them even to this day. And this is one of them here in uh, 2 and 6. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. In Christ Jesus. So, again, the light of the Holy Spirit, he has to give, he has to illuminate the victory of the cross to you and to me. And we have to see ourselves as God sees us high and lifted up, over and above every circumstance that would try to bring us down where the curse is. Not saying again that we won't experience uh, the enemy trying to bring the curse against us, but I have to realize that that's not my portion. And I have to believe it. I have to believe that, that when pain comes into my body, that's not supposed to happen to me. It's just not supposed to happen. Now, he can bring it, but it can't stay. Satan, this thing you have to understand about hell. They can bring an attack, but they can't maintain a, a, an attack against a child of God who understands his position as a covenant child of God. He can bring an attack, but he, he can't maintain the pressure. He's a spiritual outlaw. He can't do it. But you have to let him know he can't do it. See, See God knows he can't do it. But, but God, what God is trying to communicate to his children is that it's not supposed to be that way. It can come, but it's not supposed to stay. I can resist it. I submit myself to this covenant. I resist the devil, and he will flee. Amen. But see, this is, this is the, bold, the bulldog type of mentality that the church has got to develop. We've got to get to that point where we know these truths. And where we stand on them, no matter what, no, uh, no matter what we've seen, no matter what we've experienced in the past, we're going to stand on the Word of God. And I imply, uh, I ask people to pray for me all the time. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I preach like this all the time. Everywhere I go, I preach just like this because, and then the enemy don't like it. <laughs> and I'm attacked all the time. The things I'm talking about tonight, I didn't have to stand on this. I didn't have to step into the pulpit, and I'm telling the enemy coming against my body, coming against my mind, coming against my... And you know what? I've had to stand on it. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. This stuff is real. This is spiritual warfare, and to the child of God who understands his covenant, he's not afraid in the midst of the fire and the test. He's not afraid because he understands that this word is truth. And it will set you free every single time. Or I'd be in the grave right now. I tell you, I would be in the grave right now. I know it. It's just the mercy and grace of God. But these are the things that God wants us to experience. 
in our generation. I believe it. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. Paul says, Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given. And this is what Paul would do. He says, That I might preach among the Gentiles. He would preach it. The unsearchable riches of Christ. Remember a number of years ago, when I preached on a whole series of teachings on the unsearchable riches of Christ. The unlimited riches of Christ. That's what that is. Unlimited. And they're all found, all these riches are at our disposal. Right here. Right here. All the, the, the deliverance that you'll ever need is right here in this book. In this covenant. Paul's passion is verse 9. To make all men see. What is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. So Paul's passion was that everybody would see what he saw, that everyone would see the covenant the way he saw the covenant, a covenant of unlimited power and unlimited blessings. Verse 10. To the intent that now, unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. You know, I read that a number of years ago. And, and, and this is what it seemed like the Holy Spirit was saying to me. That Satan and the powers of darkness, they know that they're defeated. They know that they were defeated on Calvary. But because they don't have all knowledge, they don't know how badly they, they were defeated. <laughs> they really don't. They, they, feel, they got the wounds and they got the, uh, the trauma of it. But they really don't understand how desperately defeated they were. What our job is, as the church, is to demonstrate to them their defeat. The manifold wisdom of God. We're supposed to show them how badly they were whipped on Calvary. And how God can use a people who were defiled and sinners and can be made righteous by this covenant. And how we could experience and glorify God in walking on him, Satan, treading on the powers of the darkness. That this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to demonstrate to the devil the manifold wisdom of God in covenant relationship through Jesus Christ. He wants us to show them. He wants us to show the angels. He wants us to show the demon powers, the greatness of God working through mankind, through his son Jesus Christ. That's part of what he wants us to do. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be made known by the church... God's manifold wisdom, God's varied wisdom. Verse 11, according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So these are things that God wants us to uh, demonstrate to them because of this eternal purpose that he has. To show Satan how desperately he's been defeated. Glory to God. 
Now let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Let's go there. We're getting ready to close. Again, I'm just touching on some some things we've already talked about uh, at the end here. Verse 20, Hebrews 10 and 20. By a new and living way, which he had consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Full assurance of faith. So I can have faith, but I, don't, I'm, I can be a, in a state where I'm not really fully assured. I'm not walking in that faith that, that Abraham was, where the Bible says he, he got to the point where he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. So what God wants us to get to, he wants us to get to a point where we're fully assured of the promises of this covenant. That when it doesn't look like anything's happening, something's happening. Amen? When it doesn't look like he's working, he's working. Amen? So I'm fully assured of the, of the promises of this covenant, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering because of the covenant, for he is faithful that promise. Hebrews 10 and 35, let's go there. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of the battle, in the midst of when things don't look like they're happening right for you or good for you, cast not away therefore your confidence. Don't cast it away. Don't look at the circumstances. God says don't cast away your confidence which has great recompense of reward look at the word look at the covenant keep your eyes on the covenant in the middle of the of the storms of life now we're going to close here in john chapter 16 let's go there now jesus said that uh, the spirit of god his ministry to us, the main ministry to us, one of his main ministries to us is to reveal the covenant that we have with God through Jesus Christ. And it says here in verse 13, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, truth is contained in the covenant, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So that's the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He shows us things to come. He, he, he gives us divine light. And the Bible says in verse 14, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine every promise in the covenant. He's going to receive with that what it belongs to Jesus, he shall receive a man, and he's going to show it to you. He's going to show you all the promises of the covenant. He's going to show you that you're accepted and that you have access to them by the blood of Jesus Christ. He's going to reveal spiritual truth to you. Verse uh, 15, all things that the Father has are mine at the right hand of God. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine 
all the promises of the covenant. And the Bible says he's going to show it to you. Well, why would he show it to you if he didn't want you to experience them? Why would he show me the covenant if he didn't want me to experience that inheritance of that covenant? He shows it to us so that we can benefit from it, so that we can use it in our generation. Stand to your feet. Father, we thank you for your greatness, for your divine love that you have demonstrated through the death, the burial, and resurrection of your son. Father, we thank you that the blood that was shed over 2,000 years ago is just as powerful now as it was then. That it is there evident at the mercy seat of God. And you view it as a cleansing agent for your covenant people. And we do tonight, Lord God, thank you for it. And we ask the ministry of the mighty Holy Spirit. All these seven or eight weeks that we've been talking about this in these meetings, Lord God, we pray in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit himself will begin to bring to our remembrance these things that we've learned. And begin to show to us all those great and mighty promises of the covenant. And that we as New Testament believers in Jesus Christ might in our generation experience the greatness and the fullness of this covenant. Because of your faithfulness and because of your divine love for us. And Father, has your, your promises are manifested in our lives. We promise to give you all the glory all the praise and all of the honor for every manifestation of your presence and of your promises. In Jesus' name, amen.